0: Today's episode of Board Games Daily is powered by Brotherwise Games. Check out Call to Adventure, which is available for pre-order right now by heading to brotherwisegames.com slash store. That's brotherwisegames.com slash store, where you can claim your copy of Call to Adventure. Craft your hero, claim your destiny.
1: Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Board Games Daily, your daily dose of tabletop gaming discussion on Anchor. Now welcome your hosts, Jeremiah Isley, Scott Firestone, and A.J. Skifstad.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another day here at Board Games Daily. I'm Jeremiah. Thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Want well, to remind you of a couple of things before we get off and running here today in uh, in the middle of the week. We've got a new topic coming at you. It's going to be pretty cool. AJ's going to give you a first impression of Raccoon Tycoon. We're also going to have another cleanup segment. AJ and I will be talking about root as we clean it up for the first time. And who knows what else. So, before we get into all of that, Like I said, i got to remind you of a couple things. You can still get in on our contest for a copy of Space Park. Super easy to do that. Just go over to TheologyofGames.com, click on the newsletter tab at the top, or wait for the little pop-up to show up and fill out that form. Whatever way you want to do that. Uh, There's also a link in the show notes to the contest entry on our blog. So all of those things will get you... On our mailing list. If you're on our mailing list already, you are awesome and you don't have to do anything except just stay on the mailing list because on April 1st, we will pull a name from those on our mailing list and we'll give you that copy of Space Park. It's that simple. So don't forget that. Also, hey, we've got that cage fight going on. You can still vote on that. It's the Godfather versus the Lords of Waterdeep. And I think I think we'll uh, probably hear more about that today as well as we get rolling. But you can still cast your vote by going to at BoardGamesDaily on Twitter or just go twitter.com slash BoardGamesDaily. And if you want to rally the troops for your cause, you can call 216-352-3864. Leave a message there. We'll get you on the show. You can have your say on the vote for the, the cage fight. You can have your input heard on today's topic all kinds of things that you can use the hotline for so please make use of it we love it when people call the show okay that's it for now let's get into the show thanks for tuning in to board games daily we are today we're powered by our good friends at Brotherwise games and theology of com.
1: you can be more than just a listener If you're listening via the Anchor app, you can be a part of the discussion by using the voice message feature. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Download the app and join the conversation today. Hey
2: everyone, it's Firestone here coming to you with our question of the week. And this week, I wanted people to share your most memorable gaming moment. It might be an amazing win like an epic come from behind win it might mean a last second role it might mean this cool story thing that kind of came to fruition it could be a role-playing game it could be a board game whatever i just want to know what your epic most memorable game moment was the thing that brought this to mind for me so i'm kind of gonna cheat and give you two stories here is last night i was playing pathfinder adventure card game with my son and a good friend we're playing the first scenario and i won't get spoilery here but um basically we were down to the wire you get 30 blessing cards and that acts as the game's timer and in this particular one there are mechanisms that ditch cards from there so you're a couple of few times during the game or a few times during the game you're actually losing two cards from there so it's like the timer's going faster than normal We had gotten, excuse me, to the villain and had, uh, basically my son, you have to beat him twice. So that's all I'm going to say. You have to beat him once for 10 and then again for 10. So my son beat him the first time and then didn't beat him the second time. So what happens is you have to shuffle him into one of the open locations. There was only one other open location. So... We shuffled and we didn't know which one he was in. Basically, if he ran to the other location, we didn't have time, we were gonna lose. But if he happened to run to the one I was at, because it was my turn next, and if we happened to get a card, maybe he was the top card, there were only two cards left. If he was the top card or if he was the bottom one and there was some other card that let me explore again, we could get him. So, shuffle things up, have no idea where he is, it gets to my turn, turn over the top card and it's an ally. And if I win this ally, I can use that ally to explore again. So, I happen to win the ally, explore again, and sure enough, there's the villain. We can't close the other location. Or no, we did close the other location. And so, if we can defeat him, this one chance, we win. I had, I'm a, I was a wizard, I had a magic, or a spell card, so... I had to again beat him twice at 10. The first time I didn't think was going to be difficult. So I used my spell, sure enough, did it. But I didn't have any other spell cards. And I didn't have any other way to fight him other than my base d4. Because <laughs> I'm a wizard, I'm not very strong. So I have my d4, and then I got rid of a blessing, and my son got rid of a blessing. So that we could I could have three d4. I had to roll a 10 on three d4. No other bonuses. I rolled a nine. Last turn of the game, he happens to go where I need him. I happen to get an ally that lets me explore. I get in there. I can only use my weak little arms, and I only have one chance, and I have to roll a 10 on a 3d4, and I rolled a nine. It was epically sad. We were so sad, Uh, but it was just so memorable, and I I knew that in that moment that had, like, solidified my son's love for the game. I think he liked it before, but just the excitement, the epicness of that, and how close we came. you just taste it. All the things had to line up, and they came so close to doing it. Anyway, so that's what made me think of this topic. My other story is a few years old, so it's going to be less exciting because it's less fresh in my mind, but I was playing second edition Fury of Dracula with some friends, and this game was really long. Probably too long, to be honest with you, but... So we had been playing for maybe two or three hours, and we were just chasing Dracula all over the place. Getting toward the end of the game, and it's the last turn. If we don't win on this turn, we lose. Get to Dracula's castle where he's hiding out. I run in there with a stake card, no less. It's like super cinematic, thematic. It's the last turn of the game, fighting Dracula in his own castle with a stake card. I had to roll perfectly, as I recall. I think they're a dice. It's been a while. And boom, I stick him through the heart and he dies. It was epic. We were screaming our heads off. We were so excited. It was so fun. It almost made me forget about how long that game was, but it was a blast. So those are just a couple of stories that make me go, this is why I play games. It's these moments with these friends that I will never forget. They're so fun. They just imprint themselves on me and make me love the experience of board games. So I want to know what your experiences are. What are those epic moments, those amazing stories you have from board gaming that if somebody asked, why do you do this? You could tell them this story and they'd go, oh yeah, I want to do that. So let us know. Thanks for listening. Have an awesome week.
1: Bye. This one is fresh off the game table. It's time for more board game buzz, as Board Games Daily gives you a first impression of the latest games to hit our tables.
3: Hey there everybody, AJ here, giving you a first take impression of a game that I got to sample last night. Um, The game is called Raccoon Tycoon by Forbidden Games. Now, one of their games that was released in 2018 made it to my top 10 list, and that was uh, Railroad Rivals, which I thought was a pretty cool game, had some great artwork, and a good stock system. Well, they kind of keep this stock mechanism rolling in this game, but instead of building routes like you are in Railroad Rivals, in Raccoon Tycoon, What you're gonna be doing is more so building the industry around which you trade these goods and around which you have these train stations. On your turn, you're gonna have these production cards, three in your hand, you can play one if you'd like, and it's gonna tell you what goods you can produce and what goods stocks will go up because of it. So on the bottom portion of the card, you pick the goods you wanna take, you get to take three of them, and then on the top, it tells you what what goods are gonna go up in value. Now, the other thing you could do on your turn is sell the goods from your hand. If you sell some of those goods, you'll sell them at the price that the stock is at at that time. So if you're selling wood, you'll sell it for whatever the stock price is at, and it will come down then for however many you sell. So if you sell three wood, it's going to come down $3 on that stock track. Um, So... That's kind of one of the main mechanisms of the game, but there's also going to be railroads at the game. You're going to want to collect sets of them. Now, when you go for a railroad, you actually start an auction on your turn. So instead of producing, you'd, you'd start an auction for a railroad, and you go around bidding until somebody, uh, until everybody passes out, and you grab these railroads. Uh, you can collect different sets of these railroads to get mega victory points. Another way you can, another action you can do on your turn is buy buildings. Buildings you're going to place in front of you those buildings are going to give you maybe an enhancement resource or some other sort of enhancement throughout the game. Maybe you can buy one of somebody else's resource or maybe you get bonus points at the end of the game for every two resources. Things like that. You've seen those kind of kickers in a game before. Um, and Uh, There was one other thing you could do. Oh, you can buy cities, too. And those cities, again, are going to give you something valuable that nobody else is going to have. And you can can assign railroads to those cities for more victory points. You also have endgame bonuses that you get to draw at the beginning of the game. Lots of cool little moving parts of this game. Not a lot of components, though, so it's not like fiddly or anything like that but it's got really cool artwork, a really cool stock exchange system. The money, like bringing that money in at at like a high value stock feels really, really good. And then being able to buy a railroad for whatever price you want feels really nice too. Just being like, I got buku bucks. I can do whatever I want. I really like this game, but I like the theme too. I like it It had these kind of like it looked like Mother Goose, like, paintings of these animals that were wearing, uh, like, I guess, uh, 1920s clothing or 30s clothing. And it was just, they, the artwork was really cool. I liked it a lot. So I'm not sure why, where or why they got that theme, but I thought it was pretty cool. So that's Railroad Tycoon. know oh, that's not Railroad Tycoon. Totally not. That is uh, Raccoon Tycoon. By Forbidden Games. I thought it was really cool. Check it out, too. They're a new game company, and I think you just might enjoy their games. That's it for now. Check you later.
2: Hey, everyone. It's Firestone, and I wanted to weigh in on Jeremiah's question of what one game would I get, Money No Object, and... My instinct is to go big, of course, because, hey, you know, get a good value, get something big. Somebody's offering to pay for the whole thing. And with that instinct, I think I would pick Twilight Imperium 4. Now, I have Twilight Imperium 3, and I have both of the expansions. And they're very modular. You can add and subtract things. And from what I understand, I have a great deal of Twilight Imperium 4. But there are many things that are streamlined in it and a couple of mechanisms that are better. I I guess the the voting or the political aspect is supposed to be much better. I have no idea. But I may as well find out, and then if I don't like it, I would just trade it. (laughs) So my answer to Jeremiah's question is Twilight Imperium 4. I'm looking forward to giving it a shot and seeing how it's different from 3, which I love and my boys love. It's one of my sons. It's his favorite game. And, uh, So that would be my answer, Twilight Imperium 4. Let's see what's under the hood, so to speak. All right, what's your answer? Let us know. Call in. Let us know at Twitter or any of the social media places. Have a great day. Bye.
0: All right, guys. Well, welcome back to Board Games Daily. It's the cleanup with AJ and Jeremiah. Which means we just played a game, and we're cleaning it up. And this one's kind of a hard cleanup because there's so many different things going on. But we just Lots played, we just played Root for the first time. So uh, I'm not even try to explain this game, how to play it necessarily. Uh, it's asymmetrical, so there's four different factions. They all play very differently. And basically you're trying to win by either getting 30 victory points or there are certain other cards that will give you victory conditions. Uh, So that's it. We played two players, so we actually didn't get to play the other two factions on our first go-through here. But um, good game. What would you think, AJ?
3: I really enjoyed it. Love the components. I loved the artwork, especially. I said to you at halfway through the game, it reminded me of like a 1980s cartoon. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It just <laughs> I, I like that, and um, I think I think what I enjoyed the most was um, the fact that it was asymmetrical, but but we were still we still had a lot of the same things happening. Like battling was the same. Taking over territories was kind of the same. We, we were able to get victory points for taking territories. And I think if you had to give the game a mechanical title, I think it would be called Area Control. Sort of. But again, sure. again, every different uh, faction plays a little bit different and has more subtle things that it's trying to do. But I like that. I thought it was really cool.
0: Yeah, uh, it's Area Control. It's definitely a war game. Like, we talked with... Um, Cole Worley, who's the designer uh, of the game uh, about a week or so ago, and he definitely said, you know, yeah, it's a war game. That's mechanically what's going on here. You're out for blood. You're trying to control the map. You're trying to squash your enemies, and uh, everybody has a different way of going about that, but that is definitely what's going on, except it's in this cute, Cuddly woodland, woodland <laughs> setting with a little stream going through it. Yeah. And uh, you, you put the other shrubbery next to it and you make a little two level f- effect. <laughs> a little path running through the middle. Um, <laughs> But no, I think, um, man, cool game. I just felt like. Now I had done some research and, and watched some videos and things like that, so I really kind of had an idea of how the game was supposed to flow, but you didn't. No. And by the second turn, we didn't even read the little walkthrough. So there's a, a cool walkthrough sheet that takes you through a basic setup and your first couple turns and really, yeah, I mean the first, first turn was over and we were off and running and kind of developing our own strategy we were off script um, and really kind of going at it so I thought it was it plays very mechanically it's very simple to keep track of what's yeah. going on and what you need to do uh, so I thought that was really cool about it too where it's this very complex strategic game you know the things that you're gonna do in it you really have to think through but it wasn't because the game was over cumbersome or really overly dense it was just uh, a really well well designed well thought out game
3: yep i i don't have anything else to say about it
0: i enjoyed it <laughs> <laughs> all right well we're gonna put the rest of the components away so we can move on with game night but there are our thoughts on root and uh we'll be back with more here on board games daily Bye, everybody <laughs> Well, would you look at that? It's all the time we've got for today. Thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Don't forget, if you want to get in on today's topic, you want to hear, have your voice heard, your opinions voiced, we give you the opportunity for that. Call the hotline 216-352-3864. Of course, we would love it if you would get out there on iTunes. Shoot us a five star rating and write a little review. That helps other folks find the show. You know what else helps folks find the show? Is when you share it. Share it on your social media, wherever you are, if you're on Reddit, on Twitter, whatever it is. Get out there, let people know that we are here doing things and we would love for other folks to find us. Okay, I'm going to get out of here for now. Thanks again for tuning in for my co hosts, AJ Skifstad and Scott Firestone. I'm Jeremiah Isley, and it's of my opinion that it's a very good idea to play Board Games Daily.
1: Thanks for joining us today. Board Games Daily is powered by TheologyofGames.com. Don't forget to head over to TheologyofGames.com to check out all we have to offer, including written reviews, our YouTube channel, and two other podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening, and go put a game on the table.